Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. Uh, we uh, have a jam-packed service, and I know that in this season and in this time, there are plenty of things to do. I know all of you had things going on that you took time away from to be here, and so I am so grateful that you are here with us. Uh, so without any further ado, we're going to get started. I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer. Uh, after, uh, after our prayer, our children's church uh, is going to come and bring a song to you that they have prepared. And I said it, uh, but you guys were gone when I said it last time. You had just done your Christmas program and then gone back to the back to celebrate. But I truly believe that we have the absolute best children's church program uh, probably in all of this county, in all of this state perhaps. And I am eternally grateful to you guys for all that you do. Uh, I certainly don't have the patience nor the creativity for what you do. So, uh, so again, we'll open up in prayer uh, and then Miss Emily will turn it over to you guys. Uh, so let's pray. Father God... We come to you this evening just as humble as we know how, God. We come to you because you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are our sovereign God. You are our creator, Lord God. And though you created all things, you still created us, God, in your own image. And though we fell from your grace by sin, you sent us a Savior, Lord. And so as we gather on this Christmas Eve, Lord, this, this night that we celebrate the coming of the Savior, the birth of this Savior, God, we just come in awe of your majesty. God, we pray that everything that we say from this prayer through our closing prayer, we pray that it would glorify you, that it would honor you, and that you would be worshipped because you are worthy of our worship. God, we love you. We thank you, and it's in your sweet, precious name that we do pray. Amen. Come on, kids.
one of the things here at Rocky Valley that we do during the candlelight service is a celebration and a memorial to those who passed on in the previous year who were joined with us here at Rocky Valley. In the, in the time since I became the pastor here at Rocky Valley, I have learned something that I didn't realize. I realized how all of your families become mine. And this year, the memorial candle, we, we light two. Uh, in a moment, I will light the center candle, which will be the symbol of this church and of Jesus Christ who bonds us together, who is the light, who is the peace, who is the refuge, who is the giver of life and the Savior. This year, the first that will come up after that is a lady who... Before I was ever voted in as pastor of Rocky Valley Baptist Church, she came in on a Wednesday night. I went over and I prayed with her. And she said, no matter what happens in the next few weeks, you're my pastor. Her strength in a situation that was daunting. As she faced a terminal cancer that the doctors had no cure the doctors really didn't have much relief. She faced it with a faith in Jesus Christ and a concern for others as she walked through that valley that I have never before seen and perhaps will never see again. And that's Miss Tammy Mitchell. The other name that you see on your screen is Miss Emmy Marshall. I was blessed. I was blessed to have met David Marshall in high school. And for those of you who have ever played a sport with someone, you know that when you work for several years beside them, you develop a bond that's not rivaled in many other situations. Until 12 years later, you become their pastor and you develop a bond serving the Lord that is not even rivaled by the bond you made playing football together. And so in this past year, when he and his family walked through a season that I would not would not ever even, I don't have words to describe those few months leading up to the birth of Emmy and, and to her passing and to her funeral and her memorial service. But I do have words to describe the faith that the family has shown. David and Jerry have walked through a storm that would cripple most looking to Jesus the whole time. 
praising God the whole time. And I thank you too for that. Because in a season when I didn't know how to be your pastor, you didn't make me. You just let me be your friend. And so I will light this first candle from Rocky Valley Baptist Church and the symbolizing of Jesus Christ. And then I'll ask you guys to come forward. First, the family of Miss Sarah Emmeline Marshall. Now, Brother Danny or Miss Sue Allen been asked to light Tammy's candle. Every year we drain half the fluid out of the lighter and wet the wicks so that we can <laughs> laugh just a little bit in such a trying time. I'm going to conclude this portion of our service with a word of prayer, and then I would like to ask Mr. Kaysen Mall if you would please come and read the Christmas story for us. Father God, Lord, we thank you so much for Miss Tammy. And for Emmy Marshall, Lord God, we thank you for the time that you gave us with them. God, for the lessons that we learned through knowing them. God, for the joy that we felt from seeing them and being with them, Lord God. And most importantly, for the peace that we have in knowing that they now rest with you, Father. That there is no more sickness in their bodies. There is no more pain in their lives, Lord God. That they now sing a new song to you. That they now glorify you, their King of kings, their Lord of lords, their peace that passes all understanding. Lord God, we rejoice that they now rest with you. Father God, be glorified by the remainder of our service. We love you. It's in your sweet name that we pray. Amen. Kaysen. Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus is su issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius 
was governor of Syria, Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone, shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you great, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd well, at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured of all these things and pr- pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
shamelessly publicize this choir because if you're not singing it, you're missing out. These folks work hard and, and they're great folks and I'm, 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 the outpouring of welcome and love that they have shown Amy and I is just remarkable and thank you Rocky Valley for having us in your home on this Christmas Eve. It's a sweet time and uh, I want you to know that from Amy and I, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We weren't expecting all of the Christmas cards that we received but it touched our heart and thank you so much. This next song features the choir, 
but it also features you. So you get to sing, okay? So just be ready. Watch this crazy guy that's flapping his arms. I'm going to turn around and ask you to sing with us. Miss Loretta spent countless hours putting words on the screen just for you, okay? All right.
comes down, I would like to extend thanks to our choir who has worked so diligently in preparation. Stayed late on Wednesdays, come here on Saturdays. Uh, thank you to Brother Jason for putting that music together and thank you to Miss Becky Walker. Actually, could I get just a hand for Miss Becky Walker? What you guys don't know is I just showed her how to play that last week, and she has really taken off with it. We are just so glad she could be with us this week. This season of Christmas, it's a wonderful time of year. In fact, there's a Christmas carol out. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I don't sing as well as that, Jason, but... Hey, my wife doesn't sing as well as his either, so. <laughs> but that song may very well be accurate. It very well may be the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not wonderful because of mistletoe. It's not wonderful because of presents or tinsels. It's not wonderful even because of Christmas trees. It's not even wonderful because of candlelight services. It's wonderful because it is a celebration that is in response to the birth of a baby that is the most important birth in human history. The most important birth in human history. If you've been with us here at Rocky Valley the last few weeks, we have been looking to an Advent theme, and we said that Advent quite simply just means looking forward to the birth of someone prominent, and we could think of no more prominent birth throughout human history than the birth of a Savior and of a Lord, Jesus Christ. And it's been a wonderful Advent season as we've looked at 
the hope that we find in Christ alone, the peace that we find in Christ alone, the joy that we find in Christ alone, and the love that is found in Christ alone. And tonight, we culminate this Advent season by looking at the arrival of the Christ child, at the arrival of baby Jesus that we have been so looking forward to for a few weeks now. Now, since the full passage was already read earlier in Luke 2, I do want to just go back over a few verses that we will be focusing on, uh, beginning in verse 9 of Luke chapter 2. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, a goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Father God, God, I pray that you have been the focus of our worship this evening. God, I believe that your Holy Spirit is dwelling in this house this very evening, Lord God. And I pray that we would honor your Holy Spirit by focusing on your word over the next few minutes that we have together. God, bless the teaching of your word. Let me say nothing in error, Lord God. And if there be anything in this house that would cloud our focus or skew our judgment. God, would you just escort that demonic spirit right out the door it came in this evening. God, be glorified in what we do and we will give you the praise and the honor because you're worthy and it's in your precious name that we pray as all God's children said and amen. Now we're going to quickly just explore a few points. I understand it's Christmas Eve. I understand that, that everybody has places to go and things to do. But we are going to take just a few moments to look at just a, a few points here in these verses. And we're going to start out really in verse 11. I want you to look at verse 11 with me real close. Look at the first two words. It says, for there is born to you this day. Let's stop there for just a moment. It says, there is born to you on this day. Born to you on this day. And so what I want us to look at is that this baby was born on a specific day in history. He was born on a specific day in history. It wasn't that he was uh, just some mythological conversation. This, this baby is not something that comes up in a, in a fairy tale. He's not something that comes up in a story that's been handed down. This baby was born on a real day in human history. In fact, if you look at the entire conversation in the entire chapter, you'll see that there was a man who was emperor named Caesar Augustus. He was the emperor in Rome. There was a man named Quirinius who was governor in Syria. And if if you will go back through the annals of history, you will find those two men mentioned in governmental roles in history and in the time when they were there, there was a real baby that was born on a real day. It's not something that is a story of folklore that we tell. There was a real day. Colossians 1.16 in fact tells us that, that all things were created looking forward to that day. Let me tell you, Colossians 1.16, it says, By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. It goes on to say that all things were created through him and, somebody help me. Yeah, help me. For him. That's even better. Tested your Bible knowledge right there. They were created through him and 
for him. That means that everything that was created, the visible, the invisible, all the things that were created, they were created by Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, and for Jesus Christ. So everything in creation was looking to this specific day in history to glorify the glory of God shown to us on this earth. When God incarnate came in the form of Jesus Christ, that baby that came, came on a specific day. But not only that, he came to a specific place. In the annals of history, you can go back. In fact, you can go there now to a specific place. It was called the city of David, Bethlehem. It wasn't Narnia. It wasn't Middle Earth. It wasn't a galaxy far, far away. It was in a real city. About 7,000 miles from the city where we are right now. About 6 miles from the city of Jerusalem. A place where Jesse, the father of David, had lived. The city that the prophet Micah prophesied in Micah 5.2 when he said, But you, O Bethlehem, shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. It's a real city in a real time where this real baby came to dwell. But it gives us an even deeper description in verse 11 that I want us to look at. It says it's a savior. The one who will save us from our sins. A Savior who is Christ. That word for Christ can be translated as Messiah. A Savior who is our Messiah. The one who had been predicted about. The one who had been hoped for since the Old Testament prophets. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Lord, the one who is sovereign, mighty God, everlasting ruler of the universe, creator of all things. So to sum it up, as we gather tonight... Verse 11 says that we celebrate not just a birth, but a real birth on a real day in a real place where we received salvation from our sins, a fulfillment of our hopes, and the one who would crush our enemies and rule all things. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's worth celebrating. That a real baby in a real place that would crush our sins, crush our enemies, rule over all things and, and give us hope was born on that Christmas day. And so after we see that introduction in verse 11, we see that one angel is able to give some directions. The angel says, this will be a sign to you. You'll you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So this one angel was quite capable of giving the direction to the shepherds. But I want you to look at it. Something happens in verse 13. One angel could give the directions, but it took a whole multitude to respond to that, didn't it? It said, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. In other words, it took one to deliver the news, but a whole multitude had to respond to the fact that that baby had been born. It's kind of like sometimes my kids come home from their grandparents' house and they've done something fun, and one of them starts telling the story, but the other two, before the story is over, start responding to the story by telling me really what happened because of what he's talking about. You ever seen that happen? That one starts and then the other two kind of just explode out in finishing the story. That's kind of what we have here. One angel says, the baby's in the manger, lying in the, in the swaddling clothes. And the others stand up and with a multitude, they say something that's important to us this evening. They say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. They kind of explode when they say glory to God in the highest. That's a wonderful announcement for us to spend just a few moments looking at this evening. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. We see two things made up in that statement. The statement that, that, is, that is uttered by the angels over the coming of the Messiah. We see that we have an opportunity to give glory to God, and that we have the opportunity to receive peace as mankind. 
Let me say that again. Two things that we see in the, in the birth announcement of the Messiah. We see that we have the opportunity to give glory to God and we have the opportunity to receive peace. God gives man peace. We are meant to give God glory. And that is only possible because of that little baby born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, how does that work? Well, way back in Genesis... We're not going to turn there for the sake of time, but way back in Genesis, about the third chapter, we see a description of man fallen from God's grace when sin entered into the human race. And sin put us all in a place where Scripture tells us that we are at enmity with God. We're literally enemies with God because of sin being in our lives. The problem, though, with that is not just that we're at enmity with God. It's that we were made to glorify God. So now we have a real conundrum going on here. We're made to glorify Him, but now we're His enemies because of sin in our lives. We can't do what we were made to do, what we were created to do, what we're supposed to do, what deep down inside of all of our hearts we desire to do. Did you know that even the one who says there is no God deep down inside, has a desire to be made peaceful with God. Deep down inside of us, that's what we all long for. And we have a problem that we can't do anything about. We can't fix it on our own. We cannot become no longer enemies with God. We can't be made reconciled with God. We can't be made right with God of anything that we do. But God, who loved us so much, sent Jesus to put on flesh, be born of a virgin, and be our Savior, that we could be reconciled and made right with God. So how are we made right with God? Because that baby, because that baby that we celebrate the birth of this very evening, he grew to be a 33-year-old man. He didn't stay a baby, and he didn't stay in a manger. He grew to be a man, and he took the punishment that was meant for our sins, he bore that punishment himself, even though he had never sinned. He took the punishment for our sins with each lash that he received. He took the punishment for your sins with each stripe upon his back. With each piercing in his side, each thorn in his crown. Each agonizing breath on that cross, each nail in his hands, each nail in his feet. And in a few short hours, on a wooden cross, he took the punishment for our sins. But friends, Isaiah 53 tells us that his punishment is what brought us peace. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon his back. That baby... That baby laying in a manger would take the stripes of our sins upon his own back. He brought us peace by fighting a battle that we couldn't fight. Dying a death that we deserved in a gruesome and violent way. And the last part of verse 14 says something to us that I want us to focus on real quick. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace Goodwill toward men. Now that's what the New King James and the King James say. Goodwill toward men. If you were to read the NIV, it says peace to him on whom his favor rests. The New American Standard Bible says peace to those among men with whom he is pleased. 
And in fact, the, the, the best translations of that verse would say, those on whom his favor rests would find peace. Those on whom his favor rests would find peace. So what's that mean? It means that his peace, his peace is offered to all. His peace is available to all, but only those who receive Christ and trust him as Savior and Lord will experience that peace. It's offered to everybody, but only those who accept him, only those who trust him as their Savior and Lord will experience that peace. So we have this circle. God gives us peace, we give God glory. Right? That's what verse 14 says. Glory to God Peace to men, right? We give God glory. He gives us peace. So how do we give God glory? By obeying him. And when we obey him, he gives us peace. We trust him. He gives us eternal peace. And then we obey him. He gives us daily peace. That's why too often we walk through our lives in turmoil. And we say, why is everything... Such a tumult in my life. Why is everything so messed up in my life? Why is everything going the wrong way in my life? And usually it's because the focus of your life is no longer that baby in a manger. It's become yourself. You've quit glorifying God with your life and you've started glorifying yourself. And friends, when you glorify yourself, you will not live in peace. So why would we do that? If the peace that passes all understanding is available to us, why would we live our lives in turmoil? And so this Christmas, I ask you to ponder this question. Are you living in the peace that passes all understanding? We're going to take communion in just a moment. And here at Rocky Valley, on this very evening, we're going to practice what I call an, an open, closed communion. And here's what I mean by that. You don't have to be a member of Rocky Valley Baptist Church to take communion with us this evening. But you do have to be a member of, of, of the kingdom of God. You do have to be a believer. Now, am I going to know if you're a believer or not? Of course not. Am I going to know if you are at odds with another believer that would stop you from taking of communion? No, of course not. But the Bible tells us in Corinthians, Paul writes that some of them are sick physically ill because they don't come to the Lord's table with the right attitude. So I just ask you to examine yourself. I'm not going to examine you. Nobody here is going to examine you. You examine yourself. And I just ask you for your own sake, if you're not a believer or if there's some other reason why you shouldn't take of communion, don't come to the table this evening. So before we take communion, because I want to give everyone an opportunity, I want every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. We don't need any music. We don't need anything just yet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And I want everybody in here to take just a moment. And I want you to do one of two things. I want you to ask God to restore the peace in your life. If you're living outside of that peace, ask God to restore that peace in your life. And if you're in a season of peace, I want you to pray for someone that you know who is not living in the peace that passes all understanding. And there are two types of people. 
those who have accepted Christ and his peace and those who have not. So every head's bowed, every eye's closed. If you're here this evening, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never experienced the peace that is available from coming to know him and crying out, God, please save me. Would you just look up at me right now? I want to talk to you after the service. I want to, want to introduce you to the King of Kings this evening. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Everybody in this house is praying for somebody. Father God, we thank you so much for each and every person here. God, I thank you for the peace that is available through Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that that baby born such a lowly stature didn't even have a bed to be laid in. Born among the animals. I thank you that that baby grew and bore the punishment for my sins upon his back. And God, I pray that every person here would walk out leaving their burdens behind and experiencing the peace that is available only through you. And it is in your precious, saving, heavenly name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Now it's time in our service where we will take of communion. Now communion is going to be a little different tonight. I know it messes everybody up when I do something different. Some of you are sitting in a different seat than you normally sit at, and I know that that messed you up something bad already, so it's going to get worse. But if you've been here for a Good Friday service, you know what we're going to do. If you haven't been here for a Good Friday service, if you've never done this before, I'm going to give you the instructions. I feel confident. I feel 100% confident we can handle this. So rather than have our, our deacons and our servers come forward and serve you where you sit, during our special services, I like to do something a little different and give them an opportunity to be served. And so when we take of the communion tonight, I'm going to ask first that this side would come, single file through, I'm going to serve you your bread and your cup. You're going to take it from the table directly, circle around, and take it back to your seat. And then this section, and then this section. Once we have all been served, have all come and, and, and gotten our cup and our bread, uh, then we'll bless it and we'll take it together. Do you think we can handle that? Let's see what we do.
Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.